What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sports. Jamoke Davis here with you. Man, what a tough weekend in the NFL for my Washington Commanders. We'll talk about that and more in the National Football League. We'll also touch on... uh, The NBA, I'm I'm trying to get a handle on where I feel like some of these teams fit. And I feel like every time I look at it, I keep coming back to the same teams. So I've been trying to think about who is that sleeper team. The unexpected team. But I'm enjoying watching the league. And I feel like the NBA... Uh, MVP race is heating up. I will touch, I will talk about that. Um, also, Formula One. I missed out on, a, on an event. And uh, I don't know if I would have had a chance to really do it. But, um, yeah. Um, I'm I am uh, bummed out that I didn't participate in what was an inaugural event um, in Vegas. But I'll first talk about college football. I'm bummed out for my my alma mater, University of Pittsburgh. This hasn't been the season that any of us thought it would be by any stretch of the imagination. I'll give you that, right? I will give you that. But I have thoroughly enjoyed going to Notre Dame, going to New York City and seeing a football game being played in Yankee Stadium Pitt, and then you got to at Florida State, which is in the top five in college football, maybe playing for the national championship, playing at home. And to come back to actually attending more football games has been a lot of fun this year, even if uh, didn't come with wins. Which, yes, we all want wins and we all remember when Pitt, or not everybody, but I remember when Pitt won the ACC championship with Kenny Pickett, fake slide, and we were riding high. And now, you know, we're in that downturn trying to figure out quarterbacks and defense and it's not easy. It's just simply not been easy. But as I was thinking about Pitt and my experience in New York City at Yankee Stadium um, and thinking about all of the good games that Pitt has been able to participate in, more like historic games, right? Like they're playing Syracuse and Yankee Stadium. It's the 100th anniversary of the two schools playing each other in football. And just seeing it in Yankee Stadium was really neat. The one thing that I I don't know because I was literally at the game on the field. So I don't know what the broadcast talked about, but the football field could barely fit into Yankee Stadium. 
the boundaries for people that were not playing in the game. You know, people who had those all-access passes, if you will. I guess I did have a uh, field pass, which was good. But the corners were chopped off a little bit. And I thought that was interesting. The way they covered up the dugouts. Both teams came out of the dugouts, but the actual dugout was closed off. Uh, that was my first time at Yankee Stadium ever. The, uh, I never went to the old one and never went to the new one. So to think that the first one I went to, the first game I went to at Yankee Stadium was a football game, was quite unique. I got a football to commemorate it. But Syracuse were gracious hosts at a brunch we had the day after the game. Um, just getting to know some different people. Um, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. I must say that this has been a very special football season. Again, not talking about wins or losses, just the experiences. But there are two schools that I'm curious about their experiences, what will happen as we get towards the end of the season. Because... I imagine whether you were like Pitt or like these two schools, you're kind of bummed about how the season may end. And it doesn't matter what happened during the regular season. If what may happen over the next two or three weeks ends up being bad for your schools. And I'm talking about Michigan and Florida State. As it relates to Michigan, we know they are in trouble for the sign-stealing scandal and uh, the Big Ten suspended Jim Harbaugh. At first, there was speculation he was going to fight it, playing at Ohio, excuse me, at Penn State, and then playing at Maryland, and then playing at Ohio State. And he decided not to fight it. Now, they've won two of the three of those games. One game was um, they won Penn State at Penn State and they won at Maryland and now they get the game at Ohio State. And the reason I brought up how if you're fans in some way, it doesn't matter. In my mind, I was like, well, what would hurt more? Being a top three, top five team, losing your coach, and possibly not being able to play in for the national championship. Now, granted, I know he's only suspended for three games in a regular season, which I wonder how the Big Ten came to that decision versus saying, hey, look, in the playoffs, uh, it's got to count too. The matter. That's what they that's what they decided on. But if they lose to Ohio State again. And fall out of that top four. That'd be devastating. And to me, I'm like, it'd be just as bad. As your team, no matter what team it is, not having a good season. I actually think this might be Harbaugh's last year with Michigan. And it may be Michigan's time to be like, look, we've been through so much with you. Like, we want to move on. Maybe that's going to happen. Maybe not. But that, man, that would hurt. If you lose to Ohio State, fall out of the top four, don't get to compete for the national championship, if then 
You don't, but you know, obviously they know they're probably going to play Ohio State again and maybe you win that game. Jim Harbaugh's on the sidelines. So it might have been smart on Michigan's point to be like, yeah, let's just take this three-game suspension as long as he's ready for the playoffs, then we're good. But if not, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. And then I look at Florida State. It's sad. Because not only does it hurt because I have a connection to Florida State. But also thinking about how. There is a chance for the ACC to be represented in the national championship game. And to lose your quarterback who helped you. Stay undefeated. Who was your leader in Jordan Travis? He's out for the season, suffering a lower left, lower left leg injury. Say that three times. Lower left leg injury, lower left leg injury, lower left leg injury. Well, of course, like I say it now. Against North Alabama of all teams. They could have just played the sub. The backup quarterback, giving him a shot. Playing North Alabama. What's up with these teams nowadays playing, you know, a lesser team late in the season? And if it is to say, hey, we want a little rest. We don't want to have gains with so many high stakes towards the end of the season. I don't even remember how North Alabama ended up on the schedule. But his career, college career is over. He put on social media, I've been overwhelmed by the support from my teammates, coaches, the Florida State community, and those all around the world. Although the injury marks the end of my Seminole playing career, the great memories created here at FSU will never fade. Man, he grew up in Florida, was a Seminoles fan, transferred to Florida State after his career at Louisville. They had won 16 straight games. And we're going to play in the ACC championship against Louisville. Now, here is the silver lining for Florida State, right? He was tra- Jordan Travis's career was over at Florida State no matter what. Either he was going to play these last two or three games and go to the NFL or where we are today. And now what you get is an opportunity to see what the future holds. To see what the future holds. Now, of course, they dropped to number five. So it was easy for, unfortunately, the college football playoff rankings to be like, oh, yeah, they lost their quarterback. Okay, yeah, let's just put him at number five. Yep. Oh, too bad. Sorry. You're going to make Tate Rotomaker. who's spent four seasons as a backup. Let's see what he can do.
This is your future. And I just hope that Florida State is able to salvage uh, their a great season. They're undefeated. And I know they would love to play for the national championship and win it. The likelihood of that with Tate isn't as good with Jordan. But again, it goes back to what I brought up at the beginning. If you're a Florida State fan, man, this has got to hurt. There's just nothing good about this. In some ways, you may say nothing good about this season. If you go undefeated and then you lose to Florida and then you lose in the ACC championship game, you your hopes of playing for the national championship are dashed. And you're already ranked number five, so they're kind of like, yeah... Florida State against the world is where it is right now. Every game matters so much more in college football, in my mind, than any other sport. Because it's a, the number of games is, to me, infinitesimal compared to basketball. I mean, you have one loss, you're like, yeah, they're kind of done. The margin is so slim. And that's why if you're Michigan, if you're Florida State, you're like, daggone it, we were so close, and yet now you're so far. And I do still say that about Michigan. Because, hey, Ohio State would love nothing more than to beat Michigan. And if Ohio State beats Michigan without Jim Harbaugh, you know your likelihood of playing for the national championship is done. Every game matters. And I feel for both teams. I really do. Man, that's got to hurt. That's got to hurt. What hurts even more for me is what's going on in the National Football League with my Washington Commanders. This is sad. This is really sad. The Washington Commanders didn't just lose to a team that only won two games. Granted, we only won four. Or Washington only won four. But to lose the way that they did is what hurt the most. How throwing three interceptions. The positivity going into the season about, oh, you know, Ron Riverboat Rivera thinks that Sam Howell is the guy. We got Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator from Kansas City. Look, Kansas City just won the Super Bowl, and we got him as offensive coordinator. Clean house. Clean house. I sent multiple text chains asking me about it. I want him to prove me wrong, but I'm convinced that, yeah, there's a reason why Eric Bieniemy did not get a head coaching job. That what you saw in what was happening in Kansas City offensively was more about Patrick Mahomes, 
Travis Kelsey, the different wide receivers and running backs that they've had, because that's kind of shifted some, and Andy Reid. Because what I see is a bad offense. It's just not very good, and it showed Sunday. It showed. The defense set a record for the number of sacks in the first half. They were playing a quarterback whose mom made him breakfast the day of. My man didn't even know he was going to be in the NFL as a starting quarterback for the New York Giants. You didn't even know who he was. Tommy DeVito. Who is that? The quarterback play overall is awful in the NFL. Across the board, it is just not very good. I don't think there are, there are a lot of quality Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I think to get to the NFL, you're great. But in terms of measuring yourself against other NFL quarterbacks, and we're talking about if we're at like Hall of Fame quality, it is bad. I mean, this is awful. The number of quarterbacks starting today is just like, who? I mean, if you did the Charles Barkley NBA, who he played for, there's so many quarterbacks that you would be like, I, I don't know. Including probably Sam Howell. If you ask somebody, a fan that wasn't a Washington fan, hey, you know who Sam Howell is? No. You definitely don't know who Tommy DeVito is. And we lose to Tommy DeVito? Not just lose, but they scored 31 points? Josh Harris got a clean house. And I know you gave him a season, which I am, I appreciate that. That is great. But the writing's on the wall to me, for the entire coaching staff, most of the roster, we got to retool. Now, of course, the first thing that's easiest to retool is your coaching staff because that had to do with draft picks and trades. And I mean, because obviously Washington isn't bad enough that they're going to get Caleb Williams, although that would have been great at the beginning of the season. That's the one player I was like, man, if there's a, if there's a year to tank, this is a year to tank. Caleb Williams comes home. Oh, it would have been great. Now, the funny side, the flip side about that is the one thing that I think could be a predicament for the NFL is so many of these top quarterbacks going to awful teams. Right? You think about Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback ever. Right? We know that. Greatest quarterback ever. No debate. But he didn't go to a bad team. Now, granted, he obviously was not a number one pick, was picked in the what? I think it was fifth or sixth round. And that plays a role in what team you go on. So maybe there's something to be said for C.J. Stroud, right? Uh, I guess you, you could throw, maybe throw Joe Burrow in there, but he was a high draft pick. 
but the number of quarterbacks going to bad teams that aren't able to turn it around because the entire roster needs to be overhauled. And that's what I think needs to happen in Washington. You let Chase Young go like, oh yeah, we don't, we're good without Chase Young. Well, the defense actually did. Uh, I would, at least the first quarter, they played well, but the Giants scored 31 points. 31 points. I mean, what can you say? Six turnovers by Washington. A a pick six in the third quarter. Now, I know I didn't want to make it seem like all of the Giants' scores were on offense. This is bad. This is a low point. Ron Rivera said it's a low point in his post-game press conference. This is a low point for the commanders overall. Second start for Tommy DeVito, and he gets a win over Washington. Washington's lost seven of nine. The NFC wild card was ripe for them to be in the running, and they blew it. I know, oh, they were trying to come back. No. Did they win? That's all that matters. The Giants should have never been even close to winning this game. And that's the devastating part. That's the devastating part. Was there anything else that was devastating? Yeah, I got something else that was devastating. The Steelers. They lose to the Browns 13 to 10. They have a winning record. They're six and four. Cleveland is seven and three. There's still a chance for them. They just can't quite get the offense going. That's where I think the problem is. And then you add to the fact that they too lost to a rookie quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson. This is, I mean, a last second win. That's a bummer. Cleveland with the field goal with two seconds left to win it. It's got to hurt for the Steelers. They were the better team going into the, or they should have been. And I know in this Pittsburgh market, They talk all the time about how Matt Canada needs to go. Something's not right. 
something is simply not right in Pittsburgh. Could be the quarterback, could be the coordinator. I mean, certainly that one win that the Steelers had, when you could hear the field goal kicker, when Matt Canada was celebrating as they're going to the locker room, and I'm sure they didn't know the camera was going. I think, right? I hope, yeah, I think I remember this right. You're like, what? What are you celebrating for? I mean, that's. Chris Boswell telling Matt Canada, what are you celebrating for? You didn't have anything to do with it because Kenny Pickett called an audible and that's how they scored the game-winning touchdown. Man, that's got a lot, of, lot of, a lot of mediocre football right now. That's what I would say. Very mediocre. Jacksonville bounce back. After getting destroyed by San Francisco. San Francisco. They've now won two in a row. Every team in the NFC South has a losing is on a losing streak. Granted, some of them only one game, but still. Detroit looks amazing. Dallas, eh. The best two teams are playing tonight. And that's Philadelphia and Kansas City. And that's Going to be a heck of a game. Or depending on when you listen to this, I hope it was a heck of a game. As I'm foreshadowing that we'll get some drama and it'll actually be a close game. We had a lot of close games this weekend, right? More games, most games in NFL history that came down to a last second field goal, I think, on one weekend, that is. Let's hope this Monday night game is going to be just like that. Let's hope so. One team that I don't care about what they do, and I, I'm sure there are many people in the same boat as me as the New York Jets. Haha. Uh-huh. I mean, come on. You really thought that some kind, somehow, some way. Aaron Rodgers was going to like rub off on Zach Wilson and make you this amazing quarterback? No. And then I'm the coach gets some of the vitriol too. Really? Robert Sala, who was criticizing the media, saying y'all are like instant coffee, always wanting changes. Asking for this quarterback and that quarterback? Yeah. And you drink coffee too, Coach Sala. Zach Wilson is now the number three quarterback. He was not really that good. Jets fans, you just had your big head trying to be like, oh, yeah, because you won that first game of the season. It was a fluke. 
And now we know it was a fluke. But you knew what Zach Wilson was anyway. But I get it. You're a Jets fan. You're trying to think positive, just like Washington's trying to think positive. Salah believes Wilson will have a, quote, really good career in this league, end quote. Ha! That's funny. Be careful what you say, what you wish for. Right? And I mean, I guess I could, I could say that about myself. But I wasn't criticizing the media because they were saying, yeah, you need to switch quarterbacks. And look where we are. Instant coffee, Robert Sala. How about that? There you go. There you go. All right, we got some National Basketball Association I want to end with. (sighs) Hmm. There is... When you trade for players and you're trying to build a team, and I'm watching the Suns against the Jazz last night, that was a really good game that went into overtime. And I'm looking at Kevin Durant and seeing Booker there. And I think Nurkic was a really good signing. He seems to fit well with the Suns. Now, granted... He only fits well because he wasn't someone like DeAndre Ayton calling for the ball. Like, yo, give me the ball. I want some offense too. Now, I know there might have been some issues with him. But fitting well versus somebody who's just like, I'm just happy to kind of take whatever points you give me. Y'all can shoot mostly. If you give me the ball once in a while to pick and roll, I'm okay with that. Does that really mean they fit well? I don't know if that means fit well. But I fear that the Suns will not be as good as we think they will be. And I know I was the one saying they were going to be good. My worry is that they will be very similar to the Kevin Durant Brooklyn Nets. When you thought you were going to have Kyrie and James Harden and Kevin Durant. Now, granted, it wasn't just because of injuries. But the way this season has played out. It's not looking good. Beal's out three weeks for his back. Hope he gets better. Booker missed some time already this season and isn't injury prone, if you will, but has suffered some injuries last year. Just like Kevin Durant suffered some injuries last year. So while I like the team, and on paper going into the regular season, I was like, look out for Phoenix. They were... My favorite. But I worry about their injuries. And the reason why I really worry about them is because what's going to happen next? And I'm not saying I want this to happen next. I don't. But if Kevin Durant goes down too, which we know he is injury prone, I think that's what we have here in Phoenix. A season that will be riddled with injuries and is starting already. Now, I want to think on the bright side. On the bright side, what I want to say is, 
all right, maybe they're getting their injuries out now. By the time you get to March and April and May, they're hitting their stride. They're playing well. They're going into the playoffs healthy. So I'm going to think positive. I want to remain positive. You're a Phoenix fan. There's a lot to be positive about. But if you're living in reality versus what could maybe happen, we don't know the future. And so based on what's happening right now, that's what I say my biggest concern is. I know they're not concerned about me. That's my biggest concern for Phoenix. They're one game over 500, seven and six. They never should have lost two straight games to San Antonio. Nine and four looks a lot better than seven and six. They're two and four at home. It's early, but to lose two games to San Antonio at home? I mean, the worst team is the Los Angeles Clippers for a team that you had expectations for, and I won't keep going into that. But to think that maybe they were they were going to go into the season gelling and they bring in James Harden and throws everything off, and now they're 4-7. and seven. It's just, it's a bad situation. It's a bad situation. And I am, you know, let's see how things play out. I'm happy for, I'm happy for Minnesota, but you think about that core nucleus. And the two stars in Cat and Anthony Edwards. They sit atop the Western Conference. Who knows how long that'll last. And right behind them are Oklahoma City. Shea SGA. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Denver slipped a little bit. But then again they lost Jamal Murray. Who also has injury problems. But they just won their NBA championship. So I feel like for them they're like we're good. Uh, You know, we'll see what happens. We'll get back in it. Houston is a big surprise. Again, they're only a game over 500, but still. I didn't know how they would gel together, youth, and then adding, adding Fred Van Vliet and the, what do I want to call him? The uh, enigma, no, that is Dylan Brooks. But it's been an interesting mix of adding two vets to a young team, and it seems to have stabilized them. It seems to have stabilized them. Boston and Philly are running away with the Eastern Conference. 
Did you like that statement? It's not true. I feel like Miami is like on the outside looking in, but Milwaukee pulled them way their way back into it. I think no matter what, it's a three-headed race between the Bucks, the 76ers, and the Celtics. And the key will be if and how they can add pieces. Detroit's bad. Keith Cunningham said they're bad. They may be sellers. Washington needs to be sellers, but what are they going to sell? I guess maybe Kyle Kuzma, maybe Jordan Poole, but it seems too early to be like, okay, this isn't going to work with Jordan Poole, although you can see right now it's not going to work. I feel for Wes Unsell Jr., Because he may get the blame for this when he shouldn't. He really shouldn't. Washington is just a bad basketball team. They're almost cursed. Charlotte, Chicago could be sellers. Toronto, one game under 500, maybe, maybe not. But they probably need to be. It's time to blow that up. OG, Ananobi, Pascal, Siakam. Scotty Barnes will probably stay, but maybe one of the other two will go, OG or Pascal. But there are some changes that may be coming. On one of those three teams in a way to bolster themselves for the playoffs. That's what I see happening. And granted, it may not happen till around the All-Star break. But you'll see. It's going to be an arms race. And the team that I think that needs to make the trade. Might be. Might be Philly or the Bucks. I feel like the Boston They still have a nucleus that they know can get them to the NBA Finals. The Bucs made a drastic change in bringing in Dame Lillard. I think they got to think about what to do with Chris Middleton. They may, these teams are going to want to get more help. And maybe they'll do nothing because what is help? It's not like you could get another superstar because if you try to get a superstar, you got to get rid of a superstar and they don't want to do that. And so if you look at all three teams, you know what? I just argue with myself. I think maybe they're fine as constructed because each one of those teams has two NBA All-Stars. Celtics, Jalen Brown. We know he's an all-star and Jason Tatum. Philadelphia is 76ers. Uh, Maybe you're going to say maybe they're the weakest. You got Joel Embiid and maybe you could say Tyrese Maxey. But I don't know if he's there yet. And then obviously the Bucs with Giannis and Dame Lillard. 
So maybe there might be a package deal coming somewhere where Philly's like, we got to get more. We have to get better. But I think the other teams are just, that's when it does make you sad where you're like, oh, shoot, the regular season doesn't matter anymore. So we need to have the in-season tournament, which, by the way, the Wizards are already eliminated from, which is really sad. That's just devastating. That's also embarrassing that they're already out of it. Maybe you need somebody else. But maybe you don't want to mess up the nucleus that you have. But the way the season is shaking out, the fact that Boston's only lost two games, they continue at this pace, man, that's going to be tough. That is going to be tough. That's going to be tough. All right. That'll do it for Just for Sport. I've had a tough day. It's tough to do podcasts. I'm Jamoke. Ciao for now.